From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to OutlanderCast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on stars. Today I am your host, Blake, because my beautiful bride is just sitting in a row, braless, <laughs> on our bed with, with humidifier. a humidifier in weird eye mask, eye mask stuff, uh, and we're in our bed uh, doing the podcast. So, Mary, welcome to the po- <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Uh, you know, guys, <laughs> as bad as it may sound. I'm actually really excited because I got news that I'm going to be accepted into the long COVID clinic. Right. So I don't get to get into it for a month. There's a lot. There's a bit of a wait. Not all right. But I feel like I was just accepted to college. All right. (laughs) Someone's going to help me. (laughs) So everybody, thank you so much for your patience regarding this episode. Of course, if you're listening to this in live time, you know that we are a few days behind. Uh, and <clears throat> thank you for your understanding as it relates to the sound quality of this particular episode. As I said, we are doing this from our bed. And if you. All I can handle. That's all we can do right now. And uh, that's just how it goes, Marvin. So. I'm here for it, though. You know, hopefully, next week we can go back into the studio. Uh, but you know what? You're right. I'm here for it. You're here for it. We're. I, I hope the listeners are here for it. Next week, I might be trying some new medicine. So we're going to see how that goes. <laughs> I might be trying Jocasta's medicine next week. Oh man, going to get baked with the with the rest with the best of them. I don't know. I have to talk to my doctor, guys. No joke. That's like one <laughs> of the things they do. Yeah, man. I just. I, I'll probably that will be me. Yeah, let's go, man. Let's go. Spock a spliff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it makes me as happy as Jocasta oh. when she laughed oh. in oh. the boat. On the boat. <laughs> oh, my God. Genuinely a funny moment. Truly. Genuinely a funny moment. All right, Mom, are you ready? Uh, by the way, l- yeah. listener, um, this episode may not be as long as uh, our previous episodes have been just because, again, we are in our bed and Mary is just not well. I can actually visually see her shutting down as of this moment. My so, mouth is still working. Yes, it is. Uh, no thanks to uh, Liam, Neeson. Liam Neeson. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. So uh, I wonder how long that will be a running joke in Mary Blake Forever, media history. Blake. I think Forever. that will. Yes. Um, <laughs> how long? Yo! <laughs> oh, go listen to uh, last episode of 604. You'll understand that joke. Okay. Marvin, you ready to get into this episode? Sure, yeah. All right. Before we do that, though, we do have a mini recap uh, as provided to us by our intrepid writer, Angela Hickey. Thank you so much for giving this little mini recap. The Queen Bee. Here is our recap of 605. Give me liberty. As the body prince would say, mark me. This episode shifted us into high gear with a storm of tornado-like twists, plots, beats, and characters. We start with a cold open flashback of the Monty Prince himself escaping Scotland in drag with Scottish heroine Flora MacDonald followed by a stunning opening credits depicting the escape of Prince Charles with the Skyboat song sung in Gaelic. Then we meet Governor Martin reading Jamie's resignation to, yes, Lord John, who is back. I think he has a little pony cut. 
Little, little pony. Little pony cut. It's a little trim. Just went to, went to the bob. I was like, you know what? We got to get the split ends. We, get, we need to get rid of the split ends. I got to have a healthy growth. I'm seeing James Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> the Frasers are in Wilmington for a swanky party to on our floor, but the real purpose is to secure loyalist sentiment among the Scots in North Carolina, giving the Frasers and us a keek at the tension rising in the cities. John's there to figure out Jamie's current loyalty. Together they fight off a mob wanting to tar and feather a printer for pamphlets. Jocasta ordered to promote loyalty to the king. Later, Jamie crushes John's heart with the news that he is for independence and is about to attend a meeting for the Sons of Liberty, one that John knows soldiers will intercept. After begging Jamie to reconsider this doomed path, he reluctantly agrees to delay the soldiers. Poor John. And the Sons of Liberty heard of Jamie's defense at the printer and want to kick him out of their club. Jamie makes a stirring patriotic speech about liberty, helps them evade arrest, and wins back their trust. We also find Jocasta in classic Mackenzie style, decided to help Fergus and bought him a print shop in the hotbed of New Bern. She's trying to take Lord John's uh, reign over the best gifter. Yes. Yeah, well, and that's a pretty serious gift, BT Dubs. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Jamie is furious knowing that she wants Fergus in her debt, and she likely plans to use him to print loyalist propaganda, the same thing that just nearly got to the local printer tarred. Jocasta is also having nightmares about her daughter Morna in French gold, and Jamie spies Bonnet's balls in a jar on the mantel. Talk about a strange taste and decor. And as they are leaving, Claire hears the whistling of the World War II rally tune, Colonel Boogie's March. It's not the wind, Claire. It's someone in prison whistling a modern tune while holding an emerald stolen from Flora. Dun, dun, dun. Meanwhile, back on the ridge, Roger is helping Amy uh, fix Amy's chimney. <laughs> That's what she said. And Bree is making pipes and water wheels. Bree, Marcelli, Lizzie, and Nalva find the remnants of a love charm used uh, using finger bones. And who could this be? Nalva mentions that Amy Amy is a widow alone with two bairns. Lizzie has a malaria attack, and the Beardsley twins take care of her. Bree tells Roger that Amy might be getting a wee crush on our hero, and it looks bad. I can't believe I just said. I cannot believe I just said that Roger is my hero. Thank you, thank you. Angela, Angela. didn't even know that you were going to be reading it. She thought Ugh. I was. Roger thinks she is overreacting. <laughs> Amy needs help, and he promised. But then Amy makes him a special dinner as a thank you. Awkward. Time to fly, Roger. Roger, Tom, and Alan Christie haul the bell to the church, and Roger finds Melva having rumpy pumpy on the church floor with some new jabroni Obadiah Henderson. Roger tells her, yo, wacko, pops and bro are outside, and then she threatens him. And if she says, and if he says anything, she will say that she saw him kissing Amy. They'll all believe me. Not great, Bob. So much for Little Miss Innocent. Roger apologizes to Bree. Obadiah will now be in Amy's handyman, and Bree tells him that we and Mackenzie is coming. If all of that wasn't enough in the packed hour, Malva takes Weird to a whole new level. She creeps through the woods, enters the ramshackle tent of a very dead Sin Eater, sits next to him, and psychotically cuts off another finger. And that is the recap. Ugh, so gross. All Thank right. you so much, Angela. Thank you, Angela. That. Okay, so before we get to the rest of this episode, yes. so we do want to remind you all uh, to hit subscribe. Well, you already did because you're listening to this in the podcast. Well, not necessarily. Oh, but most likely. 
And you could, one of the things you could really do is you could screenshot your phone and throw it in your stories. And if you tag Mary and Blake uh, Media, or if you tag Outlanderkast, or if you tag me, Mary Larson, we can like shout you out and reshare it. And yes. sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. So go make sure you check out all of the great stuff that we offer at maryandblake.com. Seek us out on all of the social channels, channels at Mary and Blake. And if you want to get in touch for the next listener feedback episode, you can email us at maryandblakemedia at gmail.com. All right, Marvin, you ready to get into the show? Yes, of course. Let's do it. All right, this one is entitled Give Me Liberty. It was written by Barbara Stepansky, who has written another episode of Outlander. Okay. The Company We Keep. Ooh. It was directed by Christiana Ebon Green, who directed the last episode, Hour of the Wolf. And let me tell you, it was another well-directed episode, except for one sequence where I was just not happy with it. Okay. Uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Mama, okay. what do you have for your kilt rating? Oh, my kilt rating for this episode? Uh-huh. Oh, you know, I, I'm giving it a 4.9. A 4.9? Yeah. Wow. I loved this episode. Wow. That's a that's a, a big score. Hey, you know, we've got, like, a lot of great things going on. Sure. Okay. I'm going to give this one a 4.42. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, we're getting into the hundredths. Hundredths we, are we important. Are, we are. Uh, not as good as the last episode. Okay. But not in the same realm as the previous episodes. I think it's just like right it's in different. the middle. Okay. Uh, and I have a particular reason why I'm giving in that score. I know. I know. Um, but we'll... I know why. Because you audibly complained. <laughs> okay. So our GBGs are good, our bads, and our greats. <clears throat> yes. Right. What do you got for your good? My good is, I'd rather have a printer up my arse than a guy with a pitch pull fork. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get Pretty all funny. the lyrics and the words right. But I had to rewind it because Blake actually missed that. You know, there was just so much There's a lot going shuffling on. going on and... But it's <laughs> I, I Jamie Fraser has been uh not not been able to have his little cute little humor and bits as much as I would have wanted in the show. But yes. this season he's getting it. And yes. that was to me I'm like, ah yeah, Jamie, say it. Say it isn't loud. I'd rather have a print up my arse. Um <laughs> my bad oh, the awkward moment. So when the ladies are in the woods by the river uh-huh. and they're trying to figure out where to make Bree's wheel and it was so awkward when they mm-hmm. say, what's that? You know, when they walk upon the little, like, witchy charm thing. Yes. So it, it just felt so fake. You know, it was like this big cut. It wasn't fluid and just an awkward, what's that out of nowhere that it took me out of being in the scene. Sure. It made me be like, oh, I'm watching a show. And I yes. hate when it happens. And that actually happened like a couple of times in this episode. Yes. But that's the one that first bothered me. My great, however, goes to Lord John Swoon. Oh. Friends, do yourself a favor and rewatch Lord John. The way he turns and looks when Jamie enters the room with Claire for the party. It truly reminded me of Edward Cullen when Bella comes in and the fan blows her hair in Twilight. Granted, Edward Cullen wants to eat her. That That is a fair statement. Um, who's to say Lauren Jaw doesn't want to do the same? Okay. <laughs> Just saying, Liam Neeson. Um, so, <laughs> so, but it just—it was so. Oh, 
David Barry swoons like like nobody else on this show. Yes, he's he's the king of the swoons. I would I would agree with that one. All right, uh, for me, my good is the shot of Cornelius Harnett and Jamie walking in the bar, uh, going past the billiards table, uh, and sitting the down first time, yeah. the first time when they meet, uh, and, and sitting down the way that the camera. Uh, just moves with Jamie and Cornelius as they move from where they were uh, to the table, how it floats along with them. And not only does it float along with them, but then it lowers itself to meet them where they're sitting. And then it stays on them. So it's it's not like quite a long shot, but it is a longer shot than what we're seeing recently in, in, in Outlander's visual language. Yeah. And the way that the, flu- the how the fluid that camera is, it kind of reminds me of Steven Spielberg a little bit. Ooh. Um, the way in, it's not something that you notice when you're watching a film necessarily, mm-hmm. but when you go back and you look at it with intent, you watch how... Spielberg and his camera operators, they move the camera. It's such a fluid motion. It's, it's really a trick from the seventies that yeah. usually happens. And it, they, they use a, a lot of different, um, zooms and, uh, floating, floating camera units. And that's where, you know, that came from, right? Yeah. That new style of filmmaking. Yeah. You know, the whole Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas and Martin Scorsese and Spiel- they all came from the same schooling. Uh, so I really liked that, and if you want to learn more about that, it's really cool. Like, I, just Google what makes Spielberg Spielberg, and you'll see a whole bunch of different <laughs> things. And but when you watch that shot again, you're going to see what Blake talks about, and it's yes. so cool. It's something that once again I would not notice until Blake pointed it out to right. me, and now when I see it. Because I've watched it multiple times, um, I just I geek out. So I have uh, a tie for a bad. Oh. All right. You know what they are, too. Both Here's of them were the, audible. The, yes. This is the reason why this episode got such a, not such a low score, but a lower score than... Than mine. Than, <laughs> yeah, much lower score than yours. Uh, for me, the first one is the whole fight confrontation scene at the town. And, the and like... Shot. And it was so poorly shot. Like, it as was. great... As well as the stuff with Cornelius Harnett and Jamie was shot, it was that awfully shot. Yes. In it this, felt like a play. It did feel like a play. It felt like... You know what really stood out to me? There were two things that really stood out to me. First was when the, the printer got shot in the arm. <laughs> it was like the guy ah! just points the gun... And you don't even see the shot. You just hear the noise. Yeah. And then it just cuts right to the guy's Crying. arm. And he's holding it. There's no, like, wound. He's just holding a bloodied arm. I mean, I assume it would happen that quickly. I know, but it was just so bad. And the other thing, and, and the whole... <laughs> I love when JB gets, like, splattered and he has to cover yeah, his face. And, like, it, like, the splatter doesn't even show up. and And it's just so awkwardly shot. And it's so many quick cuts and everybody and the guy who's like throwing rocks, like can't throw rocks. And and it's 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 almost like they didn't know what to do. And then and then (laughs) the PH Tamers installs. You do see a shot. Yeah, but it's just so bad. I just had to pull it up as we do it. Is Lord John 
defending Jamie. Because, like, let's be real. First off, if Jamie actually got tarred, there would have been tar on his beautiful coat. Yes. It doesn't just end up on your neck, Jamie. Right. And it's just... And, like... Okay, so... I... If you're watching the scene with us in live time, <laughs> it's just so bad. Okay, sorry, continue. If you're watching it in the live time, like the things that happen in this scene, it's like they show this broom being dipped into the into the tar. And then all of a sudden, Jamie gets hit with the tar. It's just, it, it feels like a film student made this scene. Yeah. As opposed to a filmmaker. Once again, it made you feel like you were watching a play. It, yeah, it, 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 it was very poor. Yeah. And then the piece de resistance in this, in this scene, which is the real bad, is Lord John holding a broom, <laughs> trying to defend Jamie. <laughs> Like, like he's holding a katana, but it's a freaking broom. <laughs> like, what do we do? I will never, ever get that visual out of my head ever again. I mean, I love it. It was so bad. Like, I, w- I almost feel bad for David Barry because, guy, that is so bad. Oh, man. All right. But my great, it also is a tie. First, the opening. Right, look, look at him with his broom. <laughs> like, uh, you better stand back, everybody. I got a broom. And someone keeps trying to whack him. Yeah, like, like, you don't know. Like, were they not allowed to get close to him because of COVID? Yeah, like, the whole thing is just so shoddy. Anyway, <laughs> the great, and the, as I just said, is the opening. Uh, uh, the cold open was great. And the show just expects you to know who the Bonnie Prince is. The show just expects you to know where on the timeline this is oh, happening. You're going to mark me. You're going to mark me. And it's trusting you to understand what is going on. And I love that. And not only does the show trust you to do that, yeah. it then takes that and implements it into the opening of the show. Mm-hmm. The titles have been completely redesigned so that it's telling a story unto itself not just based on the show or the the cold open. It's evolving the story as it happens. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. I wish the show would do more of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I will tell you, at, when, the, when the, the Outlander first started changing the titles and this and that, I was not a fan. Okay. But as the years have gone on, I, I've, I've kind of begun to dig it here. Yeah. And it culminated in this stunning, epic, gorgeous opening. Oh, so good. And I want the show to incorporate the story that they're telling specifically more into these openings. Yeah. Uh, I And it, it took the visual language that it's established and applied storytelling to it. Yeah. Um, and I just, I find that great. But the real great for me... Um, that I loved, which actually, in my opinion, saved this episode, was David. I hate when you say saved the episode. Well, it's true, like because the episode suffered in many no. in many ways. Saving means it's a one. Saving means no. Saving is-, is like a three. Okay, then don't say saved. I just think that that's a really poor use of of, ver- of verbiage. Okay. So the thing, the, that the thing that really elevated this episode, like speak more positively, man. Uh, well, the thing that brought it to the level that it's at. There you go. At least that's kind of vague. Or, or the thing, the the thing that we all know your emo at heart. The thing that warrants the score that it gets. Okay. Okay, Snape. 
<laughs> is David Berry. Oh, David, Star, MVP. David Berry. Move over, Marsley. David, yes, absolutely. This goodbye, even Ian. Move over, Marsley. You're going to New Bern. Yep. I, Lord John. MVP. Is the MVP of this episode, and it's because of David Berry. What that guy does, and the scene that specifically stands out to me. Yeah, the stuff with Jamie was great, and we'll talk about it, obviously. But it was when he was talking to the governor. There's the shot that's directly on David Barry, and as the governor is speaking, reading Jamie's letter, you can see like everything going through David Barry or Lord John's head. And he's just staring off into the distance. And then when the governor stops talking, he he recognizes, oh, I have a part to play here. Mm-hmm. And he turns back into the Lord John Grade that we all know, right? Yeah. But that right there was a specific moment where I said, okay, David Barry gets it. And the only other person, I believe, that has lived in their character as much as David Barry lives in the Lord John character yeah. is Tobias Menzies with Jack and Frank. Yeah. Uh, and that is high fracking praise coming from me because I like Lord John is quickly becoming one of the best characters on the show since there is a lack of Blackjack Randall and Frank. Okay. Uh, and because of that, I am in, in, in. I still don't think, and Angela is going to be really mad at me for saying this, I still don't think Lord John's got it enough to carry his own show. Mm-hmm. Because I think what works with Lord John so well is how much he plays off against Jamie. And that's why I don't think he's ready to carry his own show. Okay. But... Without knowing all the story, it's hard for me to say that. I'm just saying I, I just – I don't know if Lord John's got enough. But I do absolutely love like, – like Frank could not carry his own show. Black Jack Randall could not carry his own show. Couldn't do it mm-hmm. because it's just – I would like to watch it, but it would probably get – you could watch like maybe a few episodes of it, mm-hmm. you know, unless they came up with a really great idea. I mean, who knows? So that is that. That is my GBG. I was really in on David Berry in this uh, this episode. Uh, the one thing, though, I will question about the writing for Lord John in this episode is when he quickly runs to that conclusion, like, do I, do I look like that to you, the face of tyranny, Jer- Jamie? Felt Ted. Ted what? Ted too much. Like, no, this like, is the person he's in love with. Yeah. Um... I, I feel like it was spot on when you have those kind of feelings for somebody, especially when it's unrequited. And, you know, if he had gone over, if he had cried, if he had yelled, if he had done anything like that, then I would have said, okay, he was a little too much. But to me, that was his heartfelt. Are you flipping kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. You know, it just it just even as a friend, even as a family member, like I wouldn't be surprised if Jocasta says that to him next. You know what I mean? Like when she finds out that he's on the other side. Yeah, that's you fair. know, it's like people close to you. Like you just made it from Culloden. You you're lucky to be alive. You've got it good here. You were given all this land. Yes. What the hell is wrong with you? And you think? Oh, you think there's tyranny? I'm sorry, do you see my what I wear? You know what my job is. Right, right. Uh, 
Oh, I just downed your whole point. No, you didn't down my whole point. No, it's just a, it, it was, uh, what it comes down to is just a, a question of did that writing work or did it not? And my initial thought was, well, it feels a, a little dramatic for my taste. Uh, but th- then again, like it, th- it's fair to say that because this is the person that he loves. And it's like, you know, th- come on, man. Like, we're, we're not like just think of what you, you, you're going out of the fire and into the fire. In, uh, I'm sorry, out of the frying pan and into the fire. Well, you think that just because you're going to have this re- rebellion or just because you think there, there's tyranny that it's going to be any better mm-hmm. if you do something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's a fair argument, and I think that's an argument that Jocasta is making, and even Flora McDonald is making. Like we we just got done fighting the British, yeah, and we got our asses handed to us. Yeah, why do we want to do this again? <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, you know. Like, had Jamie not had Claire, he would be on that side too. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. You know, I often think of this, Mary, like, I, I, and this sounds really dorky. So here's, here's a great, uh, uh, set the segment to the back to the future segment. Yeah. Would I be for the rebellion or would I stay a loyalist? Do it. Okay. Sound bite. <laughs> Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> well, you see, I guess this is, it's, it, it, I can't back to the future necessarily because I, I know the, the outcome. So I would obviously back the, re- the, the, the rebels. But. But who's to say you live? Like, that's the thing. Yes, we know that America wins. But a lot of people still die. Yeah, but we also know that if you're a loyalist, that can get a little hairy for you during the revolution and after the revolution, right? So, I I, I would just say if there was a revolution happening right now, let's take the the same circumstances. England is you know the 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 overlord, right? Mm-hmm. And America is a colony, and right now we we are. We've decided, hey, we're going to have this rebellion because of the same exact reasons. Yeah. Right now, with my family and everything, what would I do? Part of me thinks I wants to think that I would join the rebellion because, like, yay, America. But I, I think about it, and I don't think I would. Because I'm the kind of person that says, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, yeah, I know the, the whole taxation without representation thing, and we don't want to pay the taxes, and it's it's like, it, maybe they're impeding on our rights here a little bit, and I get it, but we got a pretty good thing going here, and you're, you're going you're gonna to think that this little ragtag group of jabronis is going to fight the most powerful force in the world and get away with it? Yeah. Like, the safest choice... Is to stay a loyalist. Yeah. So when I think about it, would I have stayed a loyalist? Or would I have remained loyal to the crown? And despite my 
bleeding heart American soul, I, I, I think I would probably stay a loyalist. I bet you would, too. Path of least resistance, right? That's you, man. Or maybe... <laughs> it's true. I know it, it is. It is true. I I'm not telling is. you it ain't. It, <laughs> though, though... Then there's me who's like, I'm going to Boston. Yes. So, though, I would say this. If there is a chance of me getting involved in the rebellion, it's one of me being clandestine. And it's me, it's me walking or towing that line of, yeah, 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 I'm supporting the crown, but I'm going to hedge my bet and get involved in a clandestine manner with the rebellion. Okay. So I'm not going to be outward about it, but I'll pass some information along. You're just going to be a Slytherin. I'm going to be Snape. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'll be Slytherin. Can I ask it. you a historical question? Sure. What what if people just said, to hell with this, I'm just going to go west. There's a whole bunch of land. Maybe no one will find me. I can go do what I want. A lot of people did do that. And just, but, goodbye. Uh, the problem that you ran into, and I hate to say that this is a problem, is that you ran into the Indians. And they... They were probably pissed. They were pissed. So, yep. like, you're going to run into some issues with that. And then you're running into an area that is just... Lawless, right? So, do you want to take that risk? You could, but you may not, right? So, uh, that that is why a lot of people probably stayed where they were. Um, why wouldn't they go to Canada or Mexico? Uh, all very fair. All very fair. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Okay. Uh, what do you think about the Flora McDonald thing and... Yeah, the Flora McDonald party? Like, what, what yeah, like, shot? Um, Flora McDonald, Jamie having a crush on her? How about... Let's talk about, like, that. I loved how Claire called him out. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, wasn't that the lady you had a crush oh, on? Oh, did you, did you get a tang of awkwardness or a twinge of awkwardness when Lord John says to Jamie. Well, you know, I do have a thing for rebellious Highlanders or I loved it. Did you did you get a twinge of awkwardness from Claire like <laughs> yeah, shut the f up. Um, I didn't. Uh you know, you know what she did? I actually, you know what? It, she pivoted right to William. So how's William? Yes, that was the smart thing to do. Yes. Yes, yes. I would agree. So, uh, yes, very unclear. What's very unclear? Just like pivoting that smart move. It's like when, when, when she, when he says it. Well, because she's trying to get herself in the conversation, you know, like he's just making baby eyes. I at, know. At and Jamie. Like, and like, just, but just go back to that scene. I'm telling you, there's like this, like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. How's William? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, there's, there's a little I, bit there. Um, what I mean about the floor McDonald thing is this. Um, are you happy that they're involving or they're continuing to involve these historical figures? By they, you mean her? Diana? Yes. Okay. And I'm not calling herself, her herself. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Even Cornelius is a historical figure. Yes, as he is the uh, delegate from North Carolina to the Continental Congress when they signed... Did you know, by the way, 
Did I know? That the Constitution that we have now was not the first set of laws established by the United States. Did you not know that? Of course I did. I'm a history major. I'm asking you if you did. Yeah. Since the first organized laws of the United States were, in fact, the Articles of Confederation. Yes. And Cornelius Harnett was a signer of the Articles of Confederation. Way to go, Cornelius. So... I can't um, hear the name Cornelius without thinking about Cor- the Cornelius Rudolph. Fudge. No, oh. not even that. Wow. Not even Cornelius Fudge. Cornelius from the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer claymation movie. Oh, yeah, whatevs. Whatevs. What do you mean, whatevs? Well, just whatevs. Um, you know, <clears throat> the show... Outlander itself is... It runs a fine line of our characters meeting these larger-than-life... I know. Yukon Cornelius. Uh, Licking the little pick. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, go! It runs a fine line of having our characters... Yes. Run into these major figures in in history, whether it was George Washington, you know, a couple of seasons ago, whatever it was. But it's Uh, because they're choosing to. Like, Claire and Jamie... For actively actively making the decision to be part of the revolution. Yes. And so they have chosen, you know, not to run and hide. And so because they have power, Claire's able to say, yep, these are the kind of things that we need to go to. And these are the type of people we need to see and do. So, yep. you know, it makes sense. Jamie is a VIP in this area. And his, and his aunt is rich. So I will say that I like the idea that the show gives us a taste of it. Uh, and Jamie and Claire aren't doing things so much on the level that they're impacting the history of the actual history. They're just on the periphery of it. Just giving Flora weed. Uh, he's just giving her some weed, man. Um, and what that does is that it, it helps us, the viewer, be informed in a, in, in a smart way um, about why the Highlanders would choose to back the crown. Yes. And... <sighs> I mean, you think about Jocasta. You know, what we get to hear, of course, is how sad she is, how she sits by the fire, how she, you know, it hasn't been the same since Myrta's death. And, you know, Jocasta is a prime example of people who lost loved ones either to Culloden or, you know, are starting to have little remnants of the revolution here. And they just had it. Yes. You know, like we've already established a good life here. Why would we ever do that again? And you can't blame Jocasta. I mean, you think about parents who like lost a kid to something or other and how like it scars them for life you know yes. it's it has same thing yes it yep. has scarred Jocasta, so she doesn't want anyone else to suffer yep. she doesn't want her nephew her her loved ones to go through this the more that she can fight this cause but then she's actively putting her nephew's son her grand nephew yeah in in harm's way by installing him as this printer well, like she's she knows the danger. Well, yeah, if she has him make pamphlets, but she hasn't done that yet. Well, you know that she's gonna. You know that she's gonna. It's 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 kind of hard not to. I mean, given the 
state of things and the temperature of what's happening in the in the colonies right now. It's like, come on, man. How like, do you think Marsley feels about moving to New Bern? Um, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that she's happy about it. How come? Fresh start. Ooh, I like it. Fresh start. I think she looks a little pissed that she has to do all the packing herself. Well, yes. I mean, definitely. Right? But, I mean, the the the, the larger scope... Big picture here, right? Big picture. <laughs> Look at me. I'm like Brie, just playing with the baby, not helping. Yeah. <laughs> Got a whole freaking house to pack, a million kids, and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to, you know. It's like when people come over when you have a new baby. Yes. And there's dirty dishes, there's laundry to do, there's meals to cook, and yeah. they're like, let me hold the baby when it freaking sleeps. Yeah, right. that's a real help yeah, to me. Huge help, lady. Real help. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> How about you hold the baby and I go sleep? Yeah. Like, whatever. That's what Brie should have done. How about I fold your kid's laundry and you go take a nap? What I will give Brie credit for, though, is the conversation that she has with good old Raj. Oh, which one? Because she has two. Uh, the... The stop being with the hussy? Yes. Like, what are you doing? And Roger does what I think any guy would do and say... Well, it's not like that. And she says, it's not that I don't trust you. It's that I don't trust her. And guess how that looks to all of us. You know what I was disappointed with, though? What? Roger still has dinner after this conversation. He eats the fish. Yeah. That Aiden catches after Bree says, please stop helping. You know, so he catches Malva humping. Right. I think it's after the conversation. It's after the conversation, definitely. I just, I don't appreciate that. So I like that she doesn't tell him she's pregnant then, because she's a little miffed. Yeah. You know, it's not like, it's not full out mad, but I gotta lay this down, and I know my husband's not cheating, but I'm not in a happy mood, and this needs to be a happy mood kind of thing. Right. So I'm happy that she doesn't do it then, but as I said, I'm, pr- I'm like 99% sure, I'm fast forwarding through the episode right now, that Roger goes and eats Aiden's fish after she says, please stop going. No, she def- he definitely does. Like, he, he, yeah, he even does it after. After Malva says, I'm going to tell everybody you were smooching. Yes, it's right after. So he leaves the church after Malva's been dry humping. And then Aiden's like, come see my fish. And he's like, nah, I really can't. I don't mm-hmm. like that he did that. Neither do I. Neither do I. And this, and I will say, this is even after Roger kind of saving himself with Bree, where he's just like, I think you're amazing. Like, you're putting friggin' indoor plumbing into the ridge. He should have said, ridge. can I go get my wife? She's hungry. <clears throat> yeah, or, hey, you know what, can't, uh, we got bread baking back at the house. Yeah. Like, literally say anything, anything else. And this is why, this is why Raj is a lightweight. Because okay. he can't get it right. Can't get it right. Even when he does down. get it right, he still can't get it right. And he closes the door. Like, at the teacher in me, the teacher in the in the 2000s and after, yeah. you never close a door. No. Right? No. No, 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 no. People no. make assumptions behind closed doors. Oh, my <clears> God. <throat> that, would, that, would, that would have been, like, my bad character-wise. I, I built a bad... You know, directorial wise, acting yeah. wise. All right, before we get into the rest of this episode, we do have to thank our partners. Yeah. So, to dress like a true Scotsman, you need to kilt and Scotland shop 
is your answer for all the great tartans and any of those tartan-related products that you need. Because you know what, Marvin, we're going to the we're going to the Burns Dinner. We're going. Burns Supper. Burns Burns Dinner Supper with Stats for Nerds. Oh my God! Yes, we are. Yeah, we're going. Okay, we'll talk about that in one minute. Right, but, but I, I you the last time I the last time I went to one of those things, I I was like. <laughs> I was I was like one of the the lowly people. I thought I walked up with my shirt and tie and suit with the kilt and the boots. I was like I, I was like low man on the totem pole. You were, you were wearing a Walmart dress to yeah, to the absolutely to to, to the, the, to the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's what that was me. So now I gotta I gotta show up with all this good stuff here. I gotta like actually have an outfit. I gotta get the fly. I gotta get the dirk. I gotta get the kilt pit. I gotta do the whole thing. I'm you know, it's to- funny. We were actually talking with my dad about Scotland Shop and about what the experience is like. Yes, and the experience is one that where they take their time, they help you out, they get on the phone with you, they'll do virtual calls, they'll explain the history, they'll go over all the Tartans, they'll do virtual uh, fittings, they'll do the whole thing for you, they set it all up, and all you do is just say, I want this, and they send it to you. The whole, it doesn't the whole have gamut. to be just a kilt, like I no. know that that's what it sounds like, but there's so many other things, so if you do have a family background that has a Tartan, you can look into it, or you can just find one that looks pretty. Right. And just so go online, book your stuff with them, book your appointment, and their lovely staff will help you out. We do have a coupon, right? Coupon yes, code? we do. So if you go there and you buy all the stuff and you think, hey, this is great, you get 15% off with the... with Hey, the, this is great. <laughs> you get 15% off with the discount code Outlander. Outlander. That's what it is. So 15% off Outlander. All right, Marvin. So... Burn Supper, by the way. If you live in New England... Yes. Even our friends in Connecticut... <laughs> We love you. Blake may be a little odd. Even though, even though Connecticut sucks. No, it doesn't. It yeah. does. I'm no. not saying the people suck. No. I'm saying the state it sucks. It doesn't. It does. If you live in New England, or if you're just like, I would love to go to New England in May, because it actually is one of the best times to come to Rhode Island. The um, Rhode Island St. Andrew Society Burns Supper is happening May 1st. It is the same night as the finale, but y'all know you watch it early. I know you. I know you stay up till midnight on Saturday night and you just watch it then. I hear ya. Um, so if you want to join us, we will be there. So you can buy tickets. I promise we're going. Blake and I talked it through. So Rhode Islanders, Massachusetts friends, Connecticut friends, <coughs> anybody nearby, come on to Rhode Island. Yes. We'll see you there. It's going to be really fun. Have some haggis. It's a really nice event. All right. So let's talk about uh, Jocasta and the Emerald and who obviously at the end of this episode... <laughs> With a little bit of uh, a look at me cut is clearly Wendigo Donner. But but you for the entire episode <clears throat> Absolutely Blake thought it was on Jocasta. I, well, no no I thought like I thought she paid the guy to oh. go steal the I didn't say I didn't think that uh, Jocasta went up to her and gave her a whack and stole no, her stuff. I know, but but you thought she was behind it. I thought she was behind it. I thought she was funding the whole operation. You kept saying she's behind it. That's why she fainted. Her her eyes don't hurt. Yeah, her eyes. Yeah, that's all. That's all garbage. Her eyes don't hurt. She fainted as soon as someone mentioned the emerald. <laughs> And she's trying to change the conversation. So just keep that in mind as you rewatch the episode that there's Blake trying to be Sherlock Holmes. Listen, the way that it was shot, you can't tell me that it wasn't imp- it wasn't implicit there. You it, cannot it, tell it me. It was poorly shot. It was poorly shot. It, it is what it is. So, all right. 
we we have this moment. We got the we got the uh, the emerald and Wendigo Donner. Like I think the show is making this the his in, inclusion. We got the music. We got the music. It, it's I like, love it. it Bring feels, on the time travel, man. Uh, I'm always about the weird. Yeah, I'm. I'm I always want to get weird with it. Because that's the thing. Where we have been now with. Since this season began, began, there's been no time travel. You know, we had um, Bree and Roger, you yep. know, try to go. Yep. So now here we are, and you kind of forget. Oh, yeah. Yes, we know Bree and everybody's from the future, so they talk about what they know. But there's no transportation conversation happening. And so I like this. I like this little drop. Yes, it's a little in your face. Yes, it's a, ooh, what does this mean? Yeah. But... It's a look at me moment. But I and, don't care. I'm here for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's fair. It's fair. I... I think what... Oh, <laughs> sorry, like, I'm trying to find a way to say this properly so that no one gets offended. We had a, yeah. such a great episode last episode. Okay. And the show has to almost sacrifice itself in this episode to get us where we need to go in, for the next two episodes. See what I'm saying? Or the next three episodes. But don't you find it interesting that last episode was all about the um, American Indians, about the, the Mohawk and the Cherokee, and we end this episode with... With Wendigo Donner. Yeah. Uh, yes, I find it interesting. I don't... Th you didn't think about it that way, did I you? I didn't. I still don't think it's that's the intent. Okay. Uh, the way that I see it is that this episode had a lot to carry. Yes. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wasn't, like, in love with it, because it's got a lot to carry. It's got a lot to do to get us... It made such a great choice, the show did. I loved this hold, episode. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It made such a great choice in what it did for episode four with Ian and how it rooted the the emotional relationships uh, and the political turning of Jamie in that in the in those relationships. Last week's episode, when you're on the roller coaster, last week's episode is that pause at the top. That pause at the top where you get to look around the amusement park, say, wow, isn't this really nice? I actually kind of disagree with you on this. And then this episode, doom, 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 like putting the puzzle pieces in place. Mel, Mel being weird. Brie is pregnant. We're going to the revolution. Lord John Gray's heart is broken. What is going on with this emerald? Like, bah, 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 yes. bah. you're going down. You better put your hands up and enjoy this I would ride. actually kind of disagree with you. Would you, Blake? I would. In that, I think this is the episode where you where you get the the top look at everything. Okay. Uh, and now it's that moment of standstill where you're like, okay, I see everything. That's why I just said booby trap. You you said that was last episode. I know, but you were just saying that this episode they kind of crammed too much in. Yes, they did because they they're trying to give you a macro look at everything, and they have to place everything all in this one episode. So that the next three episodes are that ride down the ramp, okay. down the roller coaster. Uh, you know what? I can appreciate that. So what I'm saying is, so this maybe you should stop being crabby. I'm not crabby. I'm, I'm what I'm because trying to say. I'm what I'm trying to say is, 
the show made such a great choice with what it did with Ian in, in 604 that 605 kind of had to be sacrificed for the betterment of 606, like, 607, and 608. I your word, sacrifice. I think this episode, the only thing that this episode didn't blow me away with, aside from those little moments where I felt like I was in a play, was the music didn't stand out to me in this episode. But if you want to talk to me about like decor and sets and costumes and some of my favorite people and getting weird with some time travel and Malva and yeah, famous people. I was just going to say we're kind of skirting around the weirdness I'm of it all skirting. here. I just need to tell you. And that is Malva. I want to be one of those people in the background drinking punch. <laughs> you want to be one of the log I want carriers. to be one of the extras. Yeah. When you once again, friends, when you rewatch the episodes, there's this one lady who is having the best freaking time at the party. I think she's wearing pink. But everyone at that party is just high and drunk and having so much fun. Whoever got to be an extra cast at this posh party, they were they were having a good day. They were living it up. I need to find the girl. She's about to laugh and went, oh yeah, nope, she's wearing like yellow and blue and she laughs so much she has to cover her nose. <laughs> um, okay, Malva. The Malva okay. of it all. So we get Malva dry humping. Uh, yes. Grinding, grinding some, uh, There's some good grinding going on. How bold. Very bold. Church. It's almost like she wanted to get caught. Mm. It's almost like she wanted it to be a thing so she could challenge her dad. And then the jabroni comes outside to help. I know, right? <laughs> and well, you know what I don't like? Oh, what? Is Roger like, succumbs. Roger just gives in to Malva. All right, yeah, yeah, I won't say anything. Well, he just left his wife. I know, but I'm just saying, like, who cares if if Malva says this thing? Like you, now, 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 he is gossip matters in this day and age. I know, but I'm just saying now he's at the whim of this little girl. She can just say whatever she wants and do whatever she wants to him because she'll go off and say whatever she wants to say. And he's already given her the license and the authority to do so because he doesn't say, "Fine, go say whatever you want." I don't know. I I'm okay with his choice. Then and there. Oh, I don't know, man. I just, I, maybe as I get older, I just, I, I recognize that, like. I, I just think he's keeping his mind in the day and age of, of what things are like and how gossip can, can change a situation. And he is a very important position on the ridge. You know, he's the second man in yes. charge. So, yes. You know, imagine that. Imagine being like, oh my gosh, the last thing I need is Jamie to come back and say, first, you can't sing anymore. That was your one talent. <laughs> and now you've got this rumor about you. You're on a, what is going on? Yes. So, okay, um, so we got Malvis saying, I'm going to tell on you. Yeah. And, and, and then she's doing some weird, creepy stuff with cutting little, fingers off. So what did you think of that little shed thing? The, that the is. Little, building. <laughs> that is like way beyond Dakota, Dakota Fanning weird. With the Sin Eater inside. That is like... How do you feel about him? The Sin Eater guy. I, the dead Sin Eater guy. I don't know. He's dead. That's all I know. But what I definitely know is that Malva is straight up freaking way weird. When she was cutting the finger, she looked slightly erotic. I know. Like she, It looks like she was getting off. Yeah. Uh, it looked like she was, and she played it so cool, you know, before the malaria hit, <laughs> um, 
that like, oh yeah, I did this thing. Like clearly she made it because yeah. she's Malvoid. And she's just like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, maybe it's that lady, Amy. Like, she's already setting up the stones here a little bit <sighs> so that she can leverage that information against Roger. Like, and I'm not sure if she purposely was doing that, but she's already setting it. Like, this girl is banana land. Yeah. She is bananas. <sighs> and... I got I got some thoughts about her. I absolutely got. Well, some just tell thoughts. us now. Tell us now, Blake. All right, you want my uh, outlandish theory of the week? I do. I'm gonna like replay her cutting off the finger in front of you as you say it. Look yeah, and, like look at her. She's okay, like she's, in on it. All right. Oh all right, yeah. Here we go. And then you hear the crunch, and it's it's a little effort, but then yeah, it's yeah, like she's this little, like yeah, she's she getting looks off. at him as she does it. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, watch your. F- you could slice your own finger accidentally, Mal. And like, it, you know what? If if. If she wasn't cutting a finger off, yeah, you, and I didn't have that context, you'd think that she I would had think Fergus's that she, dildo hand. Yeah. <laughs> yes, glad you said it, not me. Okay, it's okay. Um, all right, my Lynch theory of the week. My, by the way, my Lynch theory of the week is brought to you by Weebox. This month's Weebox takes you back to where it all began. <gasps> Five carefully curated gifts, many exclusive to just Weebox, celebrate all things Outland. Oh my god! Fall in love like the legendary characters, Jamie and Claire, with the romance, the mystery, and the heritage of Scotland. Visit Weebox.com and use the code OUTLANDER on checkout for an exclusive discount just for you, the listener oh of Outlander. I'm getting Cast. so excited. So, uh, yeah, it, we, we'll, there's a sneak peek. We'll, we'll, we will put the sneak peek uh, for you in the show notes. You'll be able to see what the latest thing is. Where's the sneak peek, Blake? Well, we, we're going to put it in the show notes. Okay. We're going to okay. put it in the show so notes. So excited. So make sure you go to marionblake.com to check out the show and look at the show notes or visit the show notes that you have here on your podcast app and we will point you in the right direction. Oh my God. It's Claire's replica wedding band. You don't want to miss out on it. Guys. You don't want to miss out on it. I'm just telling (gasps) you. Just telling you. Weebox is hooking you up. And we got a discount code for you. Outlander on a discount. All right. So here's my uh, here's my outlandish theory of the week. Since we know Malva's Banana Land, yes. Okay, we know that she is up to something. We know that she is doing this these love charms, right? And we know that she is, is like feeling things for you know that you know what girl of her age feels when she's around boys. Um. My sense is that she's not going after Roger. I don't think that's the case. Okay. I don't think that she's going after Ian. Because I think she's exploring things with those younger folk. Okay. I think that she's going after Jamie. Why? Oh, because she saw him have sex, too. Yeah. I think that she is making... Um, these love charms so that Jamie will love her and not Claire. But do we see her even talk to Jamie? We don't need to see her talking to Jamie. We see her looking at Jamie and little Jamie. 
And again, this is Poison Ivy. Okay? Straight up Poison Ivy. She wants to be Claire. Okay. So I think that she's going after Jamie. Interesting. Like, so that interesting. is that is my outlandish theory of the week. Mock me. Please hang up and try again. Very interesting. Um. All right, you got anything else you want to talk about in this episode, my love? Uh, Bree's pregnant. Bree is pregnant. Big deal. Huge deal. Uh. And this is huge. Because her last pregnancy, she she said, like, it wasn't an exciting event. Right. You know, there was all the questioning of whose baby it was. And then, of course, Roger wasn't there. And dealing with all of the emotional issues that Bree was going through, obviously. So this is going to be a very joyous occasion. And I wonder, like, what the deal is. Like, all right, Here's another outlandish theory for you. So, all right, remember, remember go to yeah. Weebox. Um, I wonder if there's complications with her pregnancy and i wonder do roger and brie like does claire say i can't do anything about this i I can't fix this complication whatever it is like i don't think it's a coincidence that in the story we have a an issue with marcely's baby Uh and now we have roger and brie pregnant and now they're introducing this whole thing with Wendigo Donner and, and the, the Emerald. Uh, I just, I can't help but think that there is something gonna, that's going to happen with their now potential baby. Uh, and they're going to require more medical attention than Claire can give. Well, Claire is doing a lot of good stuff right now. She's huffing some glue. But- <laughs> She's huffing more glue at the party. Oh, Claire. And uh, how about Jamie being like, hey, where the hell were you? Oh, yeah, I I had some other things going on. Yeah, sorry about that. He did seem a little... uh, Concerned? Yes. Yeah, I would would agree. Yeah, a little questioning of her her truthfulness. I mean, Claire's drinking, she's smoking weed, she's huffing glue. All she needs is some peyote in the desert, and she's going to have herself a really good time. So once again, you know, this, this is different than the book. And I know that it causes quite a kerfuffle. But what I loved was the callback to, yeah, yeah, Claire's met lots of royalty. And for us to be reminded, how, oh. like, yes, and Claire was raped then, too. Yes, love, love. I mean, like, obviously, it's not, I don't love the, the act, but I love what the show is doing with this. Yeah. I love that the show recalled that moment because yeah. you can ease, like, that did not come into my frame of mind. As Claire is meeting all these people and thinking I was of thinking about you need to eat porridge so you could shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. And then when that, that flashback happened, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. I forgot about that. Yes. Uh, and I'm so happy that the show was able to show that and get you back into the framework of what Claire has really gone through. Yeah. Because when you think about how much she has endured... That would break anyone. Yes. The fact that she's been able... It, it almost makes her too much of a superhuman character that, she, that she's been able to, with, with, to, to withstand all of this. Yeah. But I, I think Matt Roberts and, and co. Are, are doing the right thing for the character herself. Yeah, it wasn't in the book. We got a bunch of nerds out here saying that Claire would never do this. Well, yeah, just because she didn't do it in the book doesn't mean that she wouldn't do it. Like, for for... The show is the show. The show is the show. And this person has undergone so much stuff. Why wouldn't 
why is it why is it unfathomable that Claire wouldn't do something like this? Yeah. It, it's not unfathomable. I think it's perfectly reasonable. Agreed. So uh, I I I I can't believe I'm doing this. Okay. Defending Matt Roberts. Defending him in this choice. Good. I have to. I'm proud of you. I, I yeah. Listen, I'm not take bunking anymore on, on Matt Roberts. <laughs> I know. I'm, I, I, I'm out of the bunker. I love it. I, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm take reformed, <laughs> but I, I'm out of the bunker. <laughs> okay, <please. laughs> All right, so we've got the pregnancy. Yes, we've got the smoking, happy Jocasta, sad Jocasta, all the feels, time travel. I think we've covered it all. I think so too. That opening, oh, that opening was to die for. I like mean, that, that blew my doors off. It really did. I was so good. I was. I was. Uh, that was one of those moments where I stood up and I was like, "Wow." I'm bummed that Flora is not part of my family. Oh yeah, she's that's the wrong McDonald tribe. There's a lot of McDonald clans. I mean, who knows? She might have married into the McDonald <clears throat> clan that you're in. I mean, who knows? No, no. My dad would have told me that's, if that's we were related point. to Flora. Good point. Good point. All right, Marvin, you ready to close out the show? <sighs> I am. All right, let's do it. everybody thank you so much for taking the time and uh putting up with our our hectic schedule as things are progressing with mary's sickness we are gonna have a listener feedback yes and that will be done in our studio so we'll record it this weekend yes it may or may not be videoed but we're gonna be in the studio so we can have the voicemails properly played so it will all be played if you're listening to this right now send in your stuff everything will be normal we won't do it in bed uh this time (laughs) Uh, hopefully we'll I, I'd like to try to get that on Saturday but you never we'll see what happens uh, yeah go to maryblake.com to check out all the great stuff that we have going on over there uh, including uh, the This Is Us 2 podcast which just uh, did its 11th episode of the season and is quickly coming to an end for the final chapter uh, in addition to the last Kingdom with Mary and Blake and the soon to be done Bridgerton with Mary and Blake very excited about that. I'm just having a personal little call. If you've made it to this part of the episode through the bad audio and Liam Neeson jokes, you probably like Blake and I a little bit. Yes. So here's the scoop. Our little lad has been having um, some social issues at, at school. And in an effort to help him, I am actually helping him start a Pokemon club at his school. His teacher is amazing, and she's helping us get this started. So if you have extra Pokemon cards in your house, you know, whether they were yours or your kids, first off, ask your kids. <laughs> Don't yes. just take their Pokemon Don't do cards. what my mother did to me with my Transformers. Just gave them all away. <laughs> but message Blake and I, um, and if you want to send a, a few of them in the mail... We will gladly take them um, and put them to use and give them a, a second life. Uh, several of you have already sent them our way, and we thank you so, so much. Um, you know, it's it's something that our son enjoys and he feels confident about. So it, with what little energy I have left, I yes. have now taken on this. <laughs> I can't believe you've done this. I've decided to become a Pokemon master for my son <laughs> and start a club at school. Um, but it matters. It matters a lot. You know what yes. I mean? Like you, this is, this is something that 
um, I want to do for him. And I, I know if I had extra Pokemon cards at home that weren't being used and I heard somebody say, Hey, can I please have a few, um, just pop them in the mail and we'll tell you where to send them to. Um, but that's just my little Pokemon plea. Okay, a Pokemon plea for all you nerds. The nerd call has gone out, Mary. The nerd call has gone out. Okay, there it is. Uh, go to jointhenerdclan.com to check out all of the great stuff that we have there. Uh, and, and thank our friends yes, at jointhenerdclan.com. Thank you very much. It is a special place for all you nerds that want to help support Mary and I uh, in Mary and Blake Media, uh, keeping this mom and pop podcast going, keeping it uh, separate from all of the big media that have approached us that wanted us to join their networks but we keep fighting them off because you it's because of you you know we we, we don't want to we fend them off like Lord John Gray with yeah his with, broom. with his broom <laughs> uh I, I look that dorky, by the way, fending them all <laughs> off. No, and we do that because of you. We want our voices to be our voices, our takes to be our takes. And we're able to do that because we want of to talk your about Liam support. Neeson. Right. And we wouldn't be able to do that if we were supported by, you know, some, unless we're Joe Rogan, which we're not Joe Rogan. Um, you know, some, you know, big corporation. We just don't want to do that. So please. Uh, do consider becoming a member at jointhenerdclan.com. Keep the keep our voices independent and keep this mom and pop podcast <sighs> going. That's our plea. That's our plea. That's that's another nerd call. The podcast plea. The podcast. The Pokemon, Pokemon plea. podcast plea. Plea to all the nerds. <laughs> so make it so that we don't have to be take bunkered. Okay, that that's okay. what we're gonna throw out there. Okay, Blake. Okay. So thank you everybody Bye. for taking the time. Oh. My name is Blake. My name is Mary. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast.